Time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. And if someone had said to us three years ago that we'd still be sitting around listening to COVID-19 pandemic briefings, would we have all just right? <laughs> run for cover and hidden and said, I don't want to hear this anymore? If you told me a year ago, I would yeah. have been surprised that we were still having yeah. briefings. But we still had a briefing. We had a briefing on Friday uh, Dr. Henry, Adrian Dix, um, I guess I'd say good news, bad news, and start with a good for a change. It looks like uh, COVID is stabilized. We don't have very many cases of this new Kraken variant, only two dozen cases. Uh, critical care isn't up. RSV, that uh, virus that we didn't pay a hell of a lot of attention to in the past, that one also leveling off, and the worst of the flu season seems to be over. So that's all the good news. And uh, given what we've been putting up with for three years, uh, strikes me as pretty good news. There's okay. some bad news, however. Well, let's talk about that, too. So we go with the bad. Um, you remember the government uh, activated these committees these of managers to manage a surge of cases, all kinds of cases, all kinds of surgery and admissions, not just flu and so forth, in the hospitals. And that, that started last week, there's only a tiny bit of progress made so far. The hospitals in the province, especially Richmond in the interior, we've got 110% capacity. So they're already in the overflow space in hallways and elsewhere. They think it's leveled off, but they haven't got it down. And they've had to cancel about 200 non-urgent surgeries. So that part of the system isn't doing great. Uh, We've also, as if we didn't have enough trouble, uh, we've also getting cases of the notorious norovirus, which which <laughs> this is Dr. Henry. This is not me. She says within the healthcare system, it's known as winter vomiting disease. So Gross. there you go. That tells That's... you what the symptoms are like. Um, anyway, they're, you know, they're testing now so comprehensively and a big part of her briefing on Friday explained how many different ways they test in the system. That gives us a level of understanding about what kind of viruses there are out there that we never had before. And that's one reason why the comparisons to the past aren't great. But in any event, it is a good briefing. I learned a lot as usual. Uh, naturally, though, and I think we had questions come up, which is, uh, should we be doing more? Right? I mean, Dr. Henry credited uh, our level of virus protection. Most, uh, well over 90% got their first two doses. Uh, she credited a lot of the measures we did in the past. She still thinks there's some immunity out there because of all that. So we're only getting mild cases when we catch it. Naturally, people said, okay, well, we're not 100%. We're not out of the woods yet. Why don't we do more? She said the measures that we'd have to take, going back to isolation, going back to uh, canceling a lot of events, um, imposing mask mandates, she said, Simi, all of that really wouldn't be worth it for all of the problems that would create through um, just society, uh, mental health problems, uh, disruptions, and so forth. 
She says it's not worth it, and she doesn't think it's necessary. And although she didn't say it, I think probably in the back of her mind, she thinks it probably wouldn't work either. I mean, look what went on in China. Right. That's the thing, right? We have so many lessons that we have learned. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, she said, what what can we do? Well, to get vaccinated. I mean, the vaccination level, for example, has jumped with children and it has worked. We had those awful six deaths last fall. There have been no deaths since then. Uh, the about a quarter of the children in the province had been vaccinated for the flu. It's now up to a third. So that's good news. Uh, she said, uh, you know, masking uh, indoors, masking for protection, masking around people that are vulnerable. That's what she still recommends. And there was one place where she said, I have said this a million times. Wash your hands, take all the other precautions you can take. We all know it. Uh, some of us still remember the song we sing when we yes. wash our hands. And with me, as you know, it's uh, the Ramones, I Want to Be Sedated. So that's my <laughs> tribute to COVID-19. Everyone has one. Everyone yeah. has one, Vaughn. Uh, so there is that. There were other concerns that Health Minister Adrian Dix was also talking about, because, and, and we'll be discussing this a little later on the show, that some doctors are speaking up about Bill 36. Yes. So look, Adrian Dix and the New Democrats brought this on themselves. Premier David Eby brought this on because of the way he handled the end of the fall legislature session last fall. So for years, uh, British Columbia had been in the process of modernizing the Health Professions Act, reg- the legislation that governs how the health professions are regulated. And it went along quite well until the last week of the legislature session. The New Democrats tabled a bill that ran over 600 sections. The opposition parties supported it in principle, but they wanted to debate the implications of some of the passages in it, and the government wouldn't allow it. They Premier Eby wanted to get out of the House in a hurry to get on with his 100 days of action. They refused to extend the session, and as a result, the bill only got about a third of the scrutiny it deserved. Not surprisingly, Simi, many in the medical profession are suspicious about what it all means. They're complaining about a lot of the passages that didn't get attention. I'm glad you're going to have one of those doctors on Uh, later, because these are very sensible medical professions who were naturally suspicious of a government that ramrodded regulation of the profession with inadequate debate just because the premier wanted to get on with his 100 days of action. So that's the context here. Mm -hmm. Adrian Dix got asked about it on Friday. He defended the legislation on a few points. Um, He said, you know, it's not true that it will automatically give the government access to patient records. It's not true that it is designed to silence doctors from criticizing. It is not true that complaints against doctors and other professionals will automatically be made public. Only findings of misconduct will be made public. And especially on the free speech thing, he said, look, medical professionals are already regulated because they're medical professionals, they are not allowed to spread misinformation about healthcare, and they won't be allowed to in the future. But he said that is not a change. So 
It's a legitimate debate, but Simi, you know, I've been hearing from doctors. As I said, I'm glad you're having one of them on this morning, but the government authored the mistrust around this thing after years of putting together a bill that the opposition party supported. They said, we don't want any more debate on this because, to repeat, David Eby wants to get on with his 100 days of action, so we're not going to let the legislature sit any longer and discuss the contents of this critical bill. Hmm, interesting. All right, we are going to be hearing more about it. Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simon.